All right, our scripture this morning is coming from Romans 8, 18 through 25. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. For the creation awaits an eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it in hope that the creation itself would be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and the glory of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves, who are the first fruits of the spirits, groan inward as we wait eagerly for the adoption of sonship, the redemption of our bodies, for in this hope we were saved, but hope that is seen is not hope at all. Who hopes for what we already have? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. In the passages that we're talking about, I realize that Genesis started with pointing to Jesus when it said that Eve's child would crush the head of Satan. That was pointing to Jesus back then. Um, there's a, another character, him and his wife. Saw Jesus go up in a flame with a fire into the heavens. He was called the angel of the Lord. Find that. See if you can find it. Okay. I mean, it, there are so many. Did you know that there's over 10 thousand prophecies yeah <laughs> 10,000 prophecies that are uh, that someone had to fulfill every one of them to be called the Messiah and Jesus fulfilled all of them did you know that it would like you took the state of Texas Andy and filled it up three feet high with silver coins, took one silver coin, made an X, threw it out in the middle, and then mixed them all up. Okay? And then you you get Tony Sullivan blindfolded and tell him to go out in the middle and pick up that one that has X on it. That's the odds of fulfilling 10,000 prophecies by one person. It happened, though. Pointing to Jesus. The coming of God. So we're going to start on that next week. I thought about doing a pre-Advent message this morning. I, I really liked what I think the Lord wanted me to say. And, but he wouldn't let me. He gave me no peace. And uh, So... I decided to come back. He led me back to Romans chapter 8. And I want to talk about something that's not a, a happy topic. How many people here, you don't have to show your hands, but how many people here have suffered in their life? I don't care how old or young you are. Suffering. 
pain. The Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 8, he's talking about life through the Spirit of God. And he comes to this section, it goes clear down to verse 30. I, I didn't have him read all of it. But he talks in this section about suffering. And I have this image in my heart where God helped me to understand that my, all five of my children were born into darkness. Did you know that? They're born into darkness. What do I mean? They are born into death. Every one of them as full of life and as energy and all that they had that there was death in them and was because of sin. And it's the parents' responsibility to teach them eternal life through Jesus Christ. Not good behavior. Yes, that's part of our responsibility. But I'm not talking about good manners. I'm not talking about getting your filthy hands off the wall. I'm not talking about that. What I'm talking about is that spiritually, spiritually, there's death in everybody that's born. And so when an individual is born into death, they're going to suffer sometime in their life. Some people have a little bit of suffering. Most people have a great deal of suffering, but there are some people who have suffered all their life. Usually those people start suffering because their parents do not meet the responsibilities and demands that God places upon them. And they're abandoned and isolated. And they live with this feeling and understanding of not belonging and their identity. Some of these children lose their mom and dad or one parent. And no matter how hard the other parent tries or an aunt and uncle who wants to raise them, they're still suffering because you have this loneliness inside of you that never seems to be fulfilled. There's even anger that builds up inside of people because they were left alone without their parents. That's suffering. It's painful. It's hard to face. Then there are people who grow up and they meet somebody that they care a great deal for and they both made the decision to, to get married and they get married and then all of a sudden something happens to one of the people and they go nuts and they divorce. And if there's children, those children suffer as well as the parents. Both parents. Both spouses. Then there are people who are, who are overwhelmed 
by some de de uh, debilitating disease like cancer, arthritis, or what they call autoimmune system, where your body attacks itself. Or you may have brittle bones disease. I mean, we could just talk about the number of physical ailments that an individual could have and deal with day after day after day. Then there are those people who battle with emotional difficulties. Obsessive compulsive disorder, that's what they call it. Being estranged, being alone, suffering. I, I'll, be, I'll be very honest with you. There are very few people who don't suffer in this world because they carry that marker of death that influenced their life. Very uncomfortable to deal with. It's very uncomfortable to think about. It's very uncomfortable to sit where you're at and hear me say these things and I'm and you're touched in some way by the suffering. Some people suffer due to guess what? Poverty. They're born into a family that by whatever reason, there's not any money. They struggle to, to eat, to wear clothes. I know a woman that she had one dress that she wore to elementary school and she came home every night and washed it and let it dry twice. She didn't have a mother and father. What's your suffering? What are you suffering with? Well, I'm going to share something with you. The answer to suffering can only be cured or dealt with with somebody dying. Now wake up and listen to what I'm saying. The only way any suffering, no matter what it is in your life, no matter what that suffering is, the only way it can be dealt with successfully, hello, is if somebody dies. And that person is Jesus Christ. Thankfulness comes from living with suffering. Because let me tell you something. Anybody can put corn in the ground and it'll grow because that's God's will. You know that. Anybody can have abundance in this world. We, we don't have abundancy. We don't live in abundancy. We live in opulency. Is that the right word? It works. You understand my translation? We have so much that we buy for our children's six and seven hundred dollar shoes. That's just what the kids wear. Somebody said, not my kids. But it, it's happening. Somebody told me the other day, 
that that they went they're going to their child is going to go to a school and it's sixty thousand dollars a year. I thought that was a lot for four years, but now it's a year. Do you do the math? Sixty times four is you understand that? How many years do you have to wait, work to make that up? Depends on the job you get. Suffering. We suffer. People even suffer with wealth. Did you know? They live in fear that somebody's going to take it away. Or they don't think it's enough and they've got to find a way to make more so that they won't lose what they have. That's suffering. The only way to deal with suffering is somebody dies. And cancels. The sin and death. The Apostle Paul, who writes this, he writes, he speaks of suffering often in his epistles, if you read it. That's letters that he writes. What about the kids that don't make a sport, the, the sport or the girl that doesn't make a cheerleader? That's suffering for those kids. How about those those young people who are in school and they like somebody and they won't even give them the time of day. That's rejection. That's suffering. In our society, do you realize that we have illustrated and, and magnified rejection so much that it becomes a dangerous issue in the life of human beings causes rebellion it causes the inability to do the right thing did you know that we are raising the most self-centered population of children in the world unless we understand that somebody has to die for suffering jesus christ If you are in the middle of suffering, if you are in the middle of suffering, if if there is things that are happening to you or just happened to you or happened to you over a long period of time, if you're in the middle of suffering, you need someone that died for that suffering. That person is Jesus Christ. Do you understand that? This name and claim of gospel is not of the Lord Jesus Christ. It, this name and claim of gospel is not. Verse 18. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing to the glory that will be revealed in us. Did you know that? All right, what he's saying is, here's suffering. And this suffering goes clear to the ceiling. It's so big, terrible, overwhelming, and it is so traumatic that you don't know that you can make it. 
And then here is the death of Jesus. The death of Jesus. The persecution of Jesus. The stripes on his back. The rejection of Jesus. How would you like to be set? Have a crown of thorns on your head? Put a blindfold around you? And mock you by, by saying to you, uh, now you are the pr prophet of the Lord? And slap you? Now in the word of God it says slap, but in, in the Roman they took their fist and they went whack. With he blind, they say, go ahead, tell us who did it now, you prophet. Jesus knew, but he kept his mouth shut. And, they, and it says, spit upon him. The, the word there means to empty your throat with all the phlegm. Sorry, I'm rude. But you need to understand that the suffering that you're going through doesn't compare to to what Jesus would Oh, by the way, while all of that was going on, he took your sin. He did it for you. He did it for your suffering. He did it for your pain. He did it for your separation, your mental anxiety. He died for all of that. He died for the attacks of the enemy upon your life and upon your children, upon your family, and upon your, your future. He took it all upon him there at the cross, and there he hung and paid the price for all of that. All of it. The suffering that you complain about, Jesus took that as well. So what is it? He tells you down here. Hope. You think I'm crazy? Turn back to chapter 6. Chapter 5. Not, you could go to 6 if you want. But chapter 5. Verse 1. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in hope standing. Excuse, did I read that wrong? And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, we also glory in our sufferings. Whatever it is, whatever your suffering is, don't compare your suffering with someone else. Compare it with Jesus Christ. The one who died for you, who chose to suffer, who chose to be beaten, who chose to be rejected, who chose to be alienated. He chose to do all these things for you so he could give you Hope. Back to, come here, chapter 5. We boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, we also glorify in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love is poured out into our hearts. 
through the Holy Spirit who has given it to us. Amen out there? The death of Jesus creates an atmosphere around you where Christ lives in you when you accept him as your Savior so you can forgive all the people, places, and things that have happened to you. All the circumstances you have to deal with. He can forgive you. I mean, he can give you forgiveness and you can live in hope. Some hope goes away. I mean, some suffering goes away. Oh, I didn't mention the hope of growing older. There's a lot of pain in growing older. Relationship. Did you know an age relationship changes? You will never be alone when you let Jesus Christ be your Lord. You might be in a alone situation, but you'll never be lonely. I haven't been there yet. But if it happens, Jesus Christ, because he died, will not leave me. He will not leave me. But he will take me to be with my loved ones in heaven forever. Then when he comes and he takes us home, either through the, through the rapture, that's the word they use, the great gathering with him in the clouds, either that way or through death, we shed this mortal body and he gives us a new body without pain and no blemish and, and all of the emotions are healed, the scars are gone. That's who I want to go with because if you don't go with him, you got to go with the, the devil. And let me tell you what, in hell there is a lot of suffering. Let's be honest. People don't talk about hell, but in hell there is suffering to an extent that we cannot imagine. There will be no partying in, in hell. Did you know that? You and your party buddies... They and their party buddies, it's not going to happen in hell. You're going to be so miserable, you won't, I can't imagine what your mind will be like. Uncurable insanity. Fire, brimstone. Did you know that fire can burn so hot it doesn't give off a light? And they say hell is uttermost darkness. But there's a lake of fire. Do you understand the connection? (laughs) 
Verse 21, that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage and decay. What's bondage and decay? Suffering and pain. And brought to freedom and glory of the children of God. Wow. Praise God. I mean, right? If you're, in the, if you're surrounded in a cesspool of suffering, my friends, Jesus Christ is the answer, period. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. That familiar ache, that familiar ache will leave as you give your life over to Jesus Christ. It will go. Isn't it a happy message? Sure it is, because our hope is in Christ. Sure. But if you're suffering without Christ, this is not a happy message, because I'm just talking about your suffering. But if you know Jesus Christ, your suffering is only a roadway to peace with God and hope. That's all there is to it. Well, next week we're going to start, I call, I, I'd like to call it the, the uh, signpost directing you to Jesus, pointing to Jesus Christ. We're going, to, we're going to, hopefully, if I do this right, if I do what God wants, it'll be neat. So, so there's not enough of you here to really enjoy it. Wouldn't, wouldn't you enjoy it if there was like 30 more people here? Or 40, right? So you need to invite them. Okay. Let's have those three ladies come up here. Whoops, one of them's gone. She's disappeared. Diane, you, you asked her to talk, and so she got embarrassed and left. Your kids are never embarrassed, are they? Let's stand. We can agree that we all suffer, right? But we can also agree that somebody died for that suffering, and that was Jesus, right? Whatever it is, you are not alone if you know Jesus Christ. You are not alone. And then we're able to be really thankful because you are set free from something that only someone's death can set you free from. Do you understand the concept? Let's pray. Father God, I ask that you fill us with your Holy Spirit, that you guide us and direct us, that you give us strength, I pray, Father God, in Jesus' holy name, that you help us be in Jesus and let him cleanse us and wash us from our pain and suffering and then walk with us through it that we may live in the hope of Christ. 
Jesus' name, amen. I'd like to see the three elders. I forgot to say that before, right up here afterwards. Real quick, won't take but a minute.